Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika Soft Gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. Honestly, the passion behind it. This is the only industry that I've really seen that like you see people of all ages, all backgrounds come together and just agree. <laughs> There's so much passion and love for this plant. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their canna stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's The Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Welcome back Gerber. to The Cannamom Show where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry, one canna story at a time. All right, Dave, I just learned a really fun cannabis rehydration trick. Okay. Rehydration. But I, I'm not sure what that means. I mean, I know some, what the... <laughs> so sometimes when you get your flour, people back in the day, now we get it from the dispensaries, whatever. Back in the day, remember, it gets kind of dry and yeah. cannabis isn't dry. It's supposed to be sort of moist. It's actually right. sticky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Um, anyways, so on Instagram, because that's where we learn all our stuff these days, mm-hmm. I saw a can of influencer take a bag of kind of dry buds you know mm-hmm. you press them up and she put some tortilla shells in there really eight hours later they were like rehydration packs i never wow and does it taste like a taco after that or no? uh, there was a lot of discussion <laughs> about the breadiness that it's not exactly the same flavor but someone also suggested putting rose petals in which i think that's a lovely idea and it wow. gets like a little rose flavor yeah and that and then you just feel classy doing it too with the roses come on that's great so you can use those little packs that are pre-packed, or you could use rose petals or tortilla chips. Other interesting facts you didn't wow. even know you needed to learn on the Cannabis Show. That's why you join us every week. That's a good tip. <laughs> That's right. 
That's funny. Okay, so we're zipping through February. Yeah, the weather continues to be pretty unpredictable. Yesterday was dreary. Last week was 60. I don't know what's going on, but mm. it is still Black History Month. So for this week's The Canon Mom Show Culture Corner, do you like that name? I keep playing with the name. Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, we might have to come Canada up Mom with Show the, culture corner. the Culture Corner. I'll come up with some sound effect. The Culture Corner. For Culture Corner, so for Black History Month, we are lifting up my congresswoman ayanna presley mm. right. so i'm sure you know her but i'm not sure yes. everyone does so ayanna presley is the u.s representative for the massachusetts 7th congressional district since 2019 this district includes the northern three quarters of boston most of cambridge parts of milton as well as chelsea parts of chelsea everett randolph and somerville there is literally no explaining congressional districting in Massachusetts. Mm, yeah, that's the way we roll. <laughs> that is the way we roll. We're a very small state. Um, yep. Literally, I my congresswoman is Ayanna Presley. My neighbor's like a block away is Catherine Clark, mm -hmm. who's pretty impressive in her own right. Mm -hmm. So she's the um, house whip. Anyone who doesn't know, minor, majority whip. Is that right? Is yeah, that... Uh, I'll take your word for it. She's a second in command. Right, 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 right. <laughs> in the house. Um. So that's Massachusetts. Anyway, so if you don't know Ayanna Presley's story, I'm including in the show notes a link to a really great interview I heard on a local, the WBUR local with Tiziana Deering, where Congresswoman Presley talks about how her mom was so important for the becoming the trailblazer that she is and the um, struggle. She was in Boston politics, a black woman in Boston politics, quite interesting, and about she calls it the concrete ceilings in Boston politics in Massachusetts. So she's a pretty impressive human being. Sometimes she's reduced to the squad, which is really unfair. So if you want to learn something about her, check out my show notes or look her up. Very cool. And one more thing, anything else? Oh yeah. So, you know, my favorite podcast, The Hidden Brain, I talk about it all the time. We oh, don't yeah. know anything about it. Yeah, okay. yeah. It, every week a new one. So this week he's been doing a series on happiness. Mm-hmm. And he was talking with a professor. He always talks with really wicked, smart people. Yeah. As they say, the importance of having purpose. And and purpose isn't a goal. Like it, the way we talk about it, it's purpose is this thing like, okay, as, as a parent, you you understand this. As yes. a parent, you have a purpose mm -hmm. in a way you probably didn't imagine before. And there are goals every day to fulfill, but the purpose is the future. Right. And that is just part of how we're not talking about sitting down and trying to figure what is my purpose in life? It's this thing of by doing. It's an internal quest and it leads us in a certain direction. And that's really part of like finding wholeness in our lives. For sure. So, so the the suggestion is that, that we're simply happy because we're, as parents, we're responsible for other No, it's beings. more than that. I, mean, I feel like it's like, again, we talk about like purpose, like why are you here on earth? But I feel like becoming a parent, this idea that I had to be a caregiver, regardless of <laughs> right. what I really wanted to do. Right. And I had goals every day, but there's something about me, the present me, making sure the future me or the future world is going to be better. And that's kind of what keeps the purpose. That's the kind of the futuristic thing. So I think that's what the children come in because the children make you think that way. Mm. I knew there was a reason why we had them. I know there's a lot of reasons not to people, but that might... <laughs> that's a good one. Yep. <laughs> it's a, and like, look, listen to all the stuff they talk about. It's, it creates stability in uncertain times, helps clarify our choices. There's a bazillion things to do in our world. So we have to clarify your choices. This is a way to do it. Purpose is also a mood regulator. Purpose navigates and smooths our way. It, it mitigates stress. Mm. 
it's very interesting. So I can't explain it really well, but if you want to learn more about it, listen to the hidden brain. He's had a lot of different people come on about what happiness really is. And it's, it's not a thing. It's a, uh, I, th- I think with cannabis, I talk about like wholeness. It's like when you feel whole, that's a good moment. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, in the vacuum, it makes sense to me. If you have, if you have purpose, you, you have a sort of reason to be, as the French would say, raison d'etre. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, I think of days when I'm particularly busy, you would think that would stress you out, but sometimes the days when I'm busy, I, I do feel happier because I, it's, uh, I have, because I have a purpose and I'm engaged and you not tend, your thoughts don't tend to wander towards like negative things. Yeah. This is yeah. an internal thing. I think we're all our own little universes. I think that's what the yeah. end, when we really come to our end, I think the point is we're all our own little universes and, I don't know, somehow we need to regulate ourselves, which is where cannabis always comes in. So back to cannabis, back to cannabis. Update on my plant. I'm sure you're following me on Instagram, Dave. Um, but the big girl pots are done and they're in their own grow tent in our basement. I kind of miss them. They were in my bathroom for a couple of weeks in the germination stage, but now they're in the basement. Well, you can go visit, right? <laughs> I visit them daily. I have an app. I'm obsessed. So it's been a good project for me and my husband. So that's great. I don't know. Yep. They're good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So follow me on Instagram if you want to learn how to do this on your own. Please, I recommend, without reservation, my friend Asia Atwood, Trella Technologies. It's a great online course. She has a lot of like assistance. You can go back and ask questions in person to a real person. There is an investment in this, of course, because you're learning to grow your own. It's a skill set. So, of course, that'll be in my show notes as well. And that's it. So that's Mm -hmm. my Grow My Own. I'm excited. Very cool. All right. And uh, just one more plug. NECAN is coming up March 10th to 12th. Everyone in cannabis is going to be there. I am moderating a panel on hemp on Saturday. I'll be at the brunches. There's an event, the consumption event, I think, in Cambridge, Dave. I'm definitely mm. going to that. Cool. <laughs> and lots of networking. So come meet me and I want to meet you and I'll see you in Boston. I've got to get to my guest in one second. Sorry, people. I was talking to marketing people and this idea like the algorithms on social media, which are dangerous. They just self-feed what you want right. over and over again. Yep. You need to increase your reach. You have to put more things on that are random. So I always do cannabis. Mm. I'm out there quilting. I'm making a new blanket for the welcome blanket project, which I've talked about before. Obviously, I always post stuff about Josh. So I get some variation, I guess, besides just cannabis. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you you got to mix it up on social media. Otherwise, you will keep getting the same stuff back at you, right? which we'll learn from today's guest because she is a seasoned cannabis marketer. So let's move on Ah, today's guest. Today's guest is the chief marketing officer at Southern Crop, the first licensed medical cultivator in Mississippi. She joins their team with over 15 years of marketing experience, including cannabis marketing experience in her home state of Florida. Here today to share her experience transitioning from working with Native American organizations to cannabis, what it's like to have an event space, what's going on in Mississippi, and why it's so great to be a Cannamom. Please welcome to the Cannamom Show, Yesenia Garcia, CMO of Southern Crop. Welcome. Hi, Joyce. Thank you so much for having me. Um, excited to be here and have this uh, conversation with you. I am too. I got a lot of questions. So let's just start. Let's talk about Native American marketing, which is a little bit off topic, but just this is where you were working down in the, when you originally, before you moved to transition into cannabis, and maybe there's some similarities, maybe there aren't. So I don't just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I started my career in, um, and as a head of an in-house agency for a Native American tribe who owned and operated a casino resort, some ecotourism and a, and a golf course. So I got to do a little bit of everything from the culture side of, of 
of the world to casino marketing and everything in between, which is really exciting. Probably like casino marketing, there must have been some restrictions. So that's maybe sort of similar. So that's right. Yeah. There, there, there were definitely a lot of restrictions and whether it was by the state or by the BIA, like everybody had their own set of rules that we had to navigate. So kind of prepped me for this industry for sure. But nothing really does until you jump right <laughs> in. So I know you're a Canada mom. We're going to talk about that later, but I know your children were young and you were looking for something different. What happened and how did you move into the cannabis space? Well, I, I was in the same industry for a little over 10 years and was looking to kind of transition my career into something that was a little bit more of a challenge, to be honest with you. I, I was very happy in my, my spot, but after a while, I just wanted, I wanted to be part of an emerging industry. I strongly believe in wellness and, and the, the value in giving individuals the, the choice of how they medicate, right? So an opportunity came my way and, and I, I was excited. I was excited to be part of something that was uh, still being built, right? And I mean, it is still being built today and I've been in the industry for about four years and it's still very, very, very infant in my opinion. We've got a lot to learn, oh, a lot to do. Lordy, Lordy, it's an infant. It's like germination. Yeah. Like now I'm a grower. We're germinating. Yeah. We might still be in our <laughs> seeds. I have no idea where we are. <laughs> right. So that, that that's really what attracted me to the industry in general, right? Was, was the fact that I, I got to be part of something that was being built and that I believed um, people should have access to. And yeah, that was, I was just excited for, for a challenge and boy, did I get one. <laughs> oh, you did get one. Okay. So before yeah. we jump in, so what was your relationship with cannabis? I talk about how I had an awakening Was this, or a lot of our ladies grew up with it. Well, what was your relationship with the plant? And yeah, where were you? So honestly, I had <clears throat> no exposure to the plant, right? Like really? Nothing. None. Yeah. None. <laughs> uh, I was probably late thirties and this opportunity came up and I'm like, okay, well, I need to, I, I need to learn. Right. And I had a few relatives who had become medical patients and they, it was really helping them with different symptoms and just kind of getting through the day, honestly, but I had no experience. So before joining, I did a lot of research, went to Colorado, just kind of, that's where I went to. Yeah. Just, everyone, just, everyone to, good there. <laughs> just to get a feel for what, what the possibilities were. Right. And, and yeah. just a little more exposure. Cause when you're in a restricted medical market, there's only so much that you'd have access to. And so that's kind of how it all started for me. And then I, I just started hearing people's stories and how it really could help with something as simple as just anxiety. And, 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 and I mean, simple in the sense of not having to go through what we consider regular medications, right? For, yeah. for so every day. So, 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 so just my lesson is no. So what's the status of Florida right now? And what's the status when you started in the industry? I mean, it's, it, it was, it was medical. It still is medical. Yeah. It's, it's pretty stagnant there, but I've, I've been part of basically 23 markets, right? So, and, and I've seen it transition from only medical to medical and adult use and seen, the, the, the truth is that whether the state regulates it as, as medical or not, right? I mean, everybody chooses to consume for their own personal reasons, and it's just finding the right space for you, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the program just outlines how, how it can be done in a legal form where you live. Like that, that's okay. really the gist all of right, it. All right. So, right. so you're in a state that's not legal, really. It's medical and it's restrictive medical. All right. So, so what? For you to, so I know you moved on to some, before I get to the work that you're doing now. So I know yeah. you work for Cureleaf. What did you know about cannabis at the time? How did you like 
use your skill set there? Would you give advice to other people to do that? Like, how did that work for you to learn the industry? So really, when when I joined Curaleaf, it was it was a learning process for me. Um, I learned on the job. It was just basically show up and and four years ago so we're at, okay i've kind of lost track my year 2019 like four years ago yeah, yeah. right it, it was i was but two years before covid hit okay 2018 maybe yeah yeah and and it was it was still it was still treated very medical for sure but it was it was really just about learning and being able to show people that it's 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 okay to consume it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to ask questions about it, right? And that was a lot of the work we were doing is just trying to make people feel comfortable with just having a conversation. Oh yeah, what I mean, what were you literally doing there? So a lot of uh, a lot of outreach in community, right? Anywhere from retirement homes to oh, I love physicians that. offices to so what were the responses you were getting back in two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen? Surprisingly enough, they, they they were pretty open. Once you once you make the connection and you have the initial intro conversation, all of a sudden there's so many questions, right? So people go from like, it's taboo, you can't talk about it. But the minute one person brings it up, exactly. it's almost like it's almost like they're thirsty for the knowledge. They're exactly. thirsty to to learn more, right? That's like the that is the that is so the truth yeah. of it. That's so weird. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. So you're going in, you're like offering this information and they're like yes, we need it. So were you working actually in the dispensary or were you working in the no, facility no. at all? I was no. always- no, I was always in marketing, so I was always the director in for the for the state. And, and you actually, know, we but, had a, can I back up before that? Did you know how yeah. cannabis was grown? Did you know how that kind of processing worked before you actually worked over at Cureleaf? I did not. <laughs> did you know I that? did not. I did not know that the flower was the bud was like a flower. Yeah. <laughs> I literally so didn't know fir- that. <laughs> the first time I even walked into a dispensary was it, it was a it was a it was a moment, right? I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, this is what it's like, right? I did not know what to expect, and it, it was I had my own like perceptions, right? And then you walk in and you're like, okay, like I, so I can, was the first I can dispensary you went to in Denver, or was it what was the first dispensary you went into? So the first medical dispensary was in Florida. I went okay. first to to one in in Denver. Um, okay. And it very different experience. The one in Denver had like uh, the, the neon lights and it was a little darker. And in Florida, it felt like a shrunken CVS, right? Where it was just very medical looking, white, very corporate, right? Not engaging. In, in, no, uh, no, no. But the, the personalities were, if that makes any sense, right? So yeah, absolutely. There's so much passion and love for this plant yeah. that the people who really are patient facing kind of exude it right like that's true that is very true you can feel it from them and i think the rest doesn't really matter i mean you walk in it's a a wall is a wall right but but the person you're having the conversation with and the person that you're having a consultation from or or whatever that experience may look like really can make or break that experience for you oh yeah we talk about that all the time all right that's awesome all right so you'd work for curaly for how long were you there almost four years wow so you went through the pandemic you went through they so they didn't trend that's really interesting. And Florida yeah. didn't do. A, how, why do you not have adult? I don't understand that. You're Florida. What is going on? <laughs> what no, is- Florida is a special, a special place for sure. Eventually, eventually, it's always on the roadmap of any country or state, any country, any state in our union. I think Florida needs it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think everybody needs it, right? And like, you all I mean, old people. I mean, like the idea that yeah. you're going to nursing homes. Like I talk about this. Like my mom passed last year, but I used to always bring CBD bombs with me little like trial sizes and give them to our friends for their hand and kind of get them indoctrinated into my world so that's the best way to get people connected is i don't know make them feel a little better and then they're open to it those are the stories all right oh, um, for sure. all right so 
so you get into cannabis. So what was it like? What was it about this plant or this? What was it that really intrigued you that? Because again, it's a very hard industry to stay in. Most of the women I'm meeting are healed or have healed someone they love. That's why they keep doing this or they're becoming the people they need or they just recognize and maybe they're just purpose driven. Maybe you're a purpose driven person. So uh, what was it about the plant that attracted you to this industry and, and why do you keep staying in it? What? <laughs> so I think, yeah, look you at know, you. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's pretty much a twofold. I think you you hit it on the head with a purpose driven, right? So I I like to to feel like there's there's a path where you're you're trying to achieve certain goals. Again, just building from the ground up, and then the holistic part of it, right? So I I I do believe in alternative medicine, using plants as a, as a form of healing, or whatever ailment, whether it's I mean. I get my kids give me a hard time because they start getting a cold and I get ginger and honey out. And that's what it's like, okay, it's I'm giving best. you ginger and honey any morning, right? And now it's like, yeah, first they gave me a hard time, but now it's like, mom, I'm, I'm starting to sneeze. Can I get my ginger? And it's like, yeah, let's go. So I, I just, I strongly believe in, in, in nature as a form of, of health, right? And so it's, it's that combination of like, okay, here is something that I have seen time over time, just improve, improve people's quality of life, whether it means... It just makes you a little more calm and it helps you get through your day, right? Or you're you're very, very sick and it helps with pain. I mean, everybody's journey is extremely different and, and that's okay. It should it, it is it is definitely not a one size fits all type of plant. And 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 I think that's what makes it so beautiful, right? But honestly, the passion behind it, it's like this is the only industry that I've really seen that like you see people of all ages, all backgrounds come together and and, and just Agree. I, I don't know how else to. I call it the Venn diagram, it. even in politics, pop politics, religion. It's like everyone gets sick and everyone can get healed. And yeah. I was just actually on a podcast or listening to a podcast about the, the old ancient Dead Sea Scrolls and the word cannabisum, cabin bosom, that was translated from Hebrew into, I guess, Greek. What's the next, whatever would have been translated, they translated it a different way, which is why it's not cannabis. And that Cannabis is everywhere. It's like in the oldest stories of our history. So it's everywhere and it should be back. So I'm glad you're doing this. All right. So you're just a passion driven person can heal us. So now you're working in Mississippi, which is interesting. What's the status of Mississippi? And tell me about the Southern Crop, the organization or the business you're working for. Sure. So as you mentioned in, in the introduction, Southern Crop was the first licensed manufacturer and cultivator in, in the state. It is still a new market. We just got our testing labs approved a few weeks ago. What are the status? What's the status of when things work with Mississippi? Are they this recent medical or are they? I don't, just, I don't know. Medical. just medical. Just medical. Yeah. Is it restrictive? I, is it a restrictive medical? It's, it's honestly, it, I, I feel like from the medical programs, it is probably one of the most robust that I've seen. Oh. Right, which is which is really nice to work in. the The state is is very very involved, and so we, we don't see as many unnecessary restrictions as you do in other in other okay. programs. Uh, nice. I think they they've kind of and studied what's what's happened in other markets, and I think they're starting off in, in a much better place for sure. Well, that's actually helpful because I feel like the retail world is going backwards. <laughs> so the the idea that a, a medical state that's coming up can see some of the restrictions weren't necessary. And they're right. not going to enforce them. Yeah, because they do treat it like plutonium, which is kind of scary. Yeah. And and they make I mean, the medical and they may, even in Massachusetts are making getting the medical hard just a little more complicated every year. Yeah. I mean, in a way that's unnecessary. So I do see how medical is getting lost. So that's interesting. All right. So you're coming in Mississippi. So the medical, are they vertical? Are they, do they have to be seed to sale or are they? We do not have to be seed to sale. So we will be, but we'll also have a wholesale program, which is great. And again, I think that that just shows like 
the the expanse of the program, right? So there's over 150 licensed dispensaries. How many of them actually open their doors is yet to be determined. Everybody's starting to open now. Most companies just had their first harvest, again, within the last few weeks, right? So it's, we're, we're, we're basically brand new. That's exciting. So, okay. So, okay. So let's just talk from the beginning. Okay. So listeners, you've never gone through the process. So I've seen it happen across the country or Massachusetts, Colorado, California, everyone's got their own sticky mess. So, <laughs> so Mississippi, <laughs> yeah. Mississippi, you are starting with medical, um, right. the businesses, the dispensaries, the grow, whatever, who's coming in. You do not have, to, because what happened in Massachusetts is they came in vertical and then they all expected to get their retail. And there's been some social equity issues that have caught that up. And that's a whole nother story. But anyway, so you are not required to come in to vertical. So someone could come into medical and not have a bazillion dollars. They could actually access Correct. this market. Yeah, you can just open a, a dispensary and and you you purchase wholesale and, and that's it. You're set up. Same side, if, if you're only interested in the cultivation side of the business, right, you can just do cultivation. So I think it it definitely allows for much more opportunity than in, in states like Florida and Massachusetts. You know what I mean? And, and then, into, okay, so Mississippi, I imagine, is an agricultural state. I say this a lot about the southern areas that are really uh, upset, <laughs> but I'm sure yeah. the farmers want to grow hemp and cannabis or all of it together so what is it are you working who are you working with in mississippi i know everything has to be in state so how does that work and have farmers been response how does this work with you for growing facilities i mean we have our own cultivation what facility. Study is for, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 so we have our own um but we will also be working with local farmers and and for jobs and, i mean these are, these are jobs yeah. people like if you want to be you want to work in agriculture in the state mm-hmm. this is a this is an opportunity to work in that right are you working with colleges or anything for training how are you doing how are you getting your workers so again it's, it's very much at the beginning stage for yeah. for cultivation the the team has been based out of meridian so it's been creating jobs in in, in that market which Mm-hmm. We're very happy to have been able to do colleges specifically. No, um, not not necessarily. We've done a few like interviews with them. There's some there's some that are interested in some education and research. So again, as it as it kind of grows, I'm sure we'll we'll go a little further in depth there. I just think that like I love vocational. I love talking about vocational education. I think our college system's a bit messed up. And this idea that there's an industry where people can come in who want to be work in agriculture, don't necessarily need a college degree, but can do something that's really impactful and important. So and specialized because everything in cannabis is specialized. All right. So tell me, how are you helping women there in Mississippi and what you're doing? And yeah, so t- tell me more about what you're doing down there and sort of what the goals are for your specific Southern crop. What is their, what is their mission? So for, for, for Southern crop, we're, we're really looking at, you know, how we make the plant accessible from a, a, a financial standpoint. Right. So with, with the production of a robust product assortment so that you have different price points, making it accessible, right? Because some of this stuff we all know, especially in medical markets, it does get expensive. Oh, um, very so expensive. We, that's a very, that's yeah. a, actually like a really big issue. And I even talk about it in terms of going in to purchase it. This is like going into a boutique. It's very expensive and you expect right. to be served. I mean, not right. served, but you need to have good service because you're spending $50, $100 at a time very easily. And if they have someone in there who's serving you, the bud tender or the person who's actually working with you is not up to par. It does not feel like the kind of experience you want to have, especially if you're doing it for medical, you want to feel like you're really taken care of. So, right. and it's expensive, but it's not paid for by Medicare or anything. So yes, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. 
<laughs> yeah. And and being able to in a state that obviously has some healthcare access issues, right? Um, mm-hmm. Being able to, again, provide an alternative, um, I think is, is really important for us. So, you know, that's, that's kind of where we're starting and then just kind of evolving from there. Well, that's exciting. So what's your timeline? Where are you sort of? I actually just walked out of our second okay. dispensary build out. Hopefully we'll be opening our doors within the next uh, month to two months. Oh, it's exciting. And yeah. So doing those final, final touches and doing statewide market visit today. So, so where exactly are you located? In the so state. we're going to have dispensaries throughout the state right now. We just we're leaving Oxford, Mississippi um, okay. and uh, going heading over to Starkville. And then our processing and cultivation center is based out of Meridian. And how has been local reception to where you know, I know there's been up here and we did it in Massachusetts, all these towns all of a sudden were like, no, 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 you cannot come into our town. And now they're everywhere because everyone sees they're not so bad. So what was the reception that you were getting and what have there been restrictions put on you? So we've, we've seen a few. We, we just left Olive Branch this morning where at the beginning there was a little bit of a pushback and it was, it was really a matter of, again, just education, right? So we had one of our team members go in and just had conversations and show them what the dispensary was going to look like, who's on the team. So that basically it, it is a, a business and, and that was pretty much it. It was just about, again, it's, it's all about conversation, I think, right? Oh yeah. The, the minute you start talking and people feel comfortable and they can ask you the questions and you give them responses, I think, I think it just opens up a lot of doors. Well, you're a pioneer. You're doing it uh, again. It's relationship building. It's, you know, people are, um, it's hard to change people's minds. They have everyone. has got a very certain specific idea of what this plant is. It's indoctrination that we've had, which is an anomaly in history. I say this all the time, like all through history, cannabis, hemp, all this was part of our history. And we took it out for a hundred years and now we're bringing it back. And the people who are proselytized, the people out there doing this work every day know it's for health and wellness for all of us, us people, planet, all of it. So you're willing to go out, have the conversations, connect with people and try to break through that space so they can see that maybe what they know is wrong. It's a hard thing to do, but you're doing it. That's impressive. Yeah, and even one of the things we're going to try to do when we're starting with with the, with the dispensaries and we're opening our doors, it's having online consultations for patients, right? So it's like maybe well, at the beginning, yeah, you you may not want to spend thirty minutes inside the dispensary, right? You may want to come in and out, but if before you even come in, you can speak to one of our team members, well, that's get to brilliant. know them. Yeah, so we're excited about launching things like that again, just to kind of provide a sense of ease as much as possible and, and take away a little bit of the fear of, of coming in and not knowing what to expect. That's a nice way to do it. So I'll say up here, like I have some friends who are working in the industry as Canada nurses who did consultations and I did one of those with my own mother. And it is very intimidating walking into dispensaries if you don't know what you need and you're not sure who you're talking to. That's a great idea. That's very nice because of the the people who, once you get your medical card, can't recommend things. It's it's a very weird system. It's not like a normal medical system. So the idea that you do an online consultation, that's great. That's good. All right, let's see. I'm going to shift a little bit. You can tell me more about Southern Crop later if you want, but you are a Canada mom. How old are your kids now? My son is 14 and my daughter's 16. Okay. Um, fun, fun ages. <laughs> fun ages. So um, you are not, not always a Canada mom, obviously. So when this journey sort of began, how old were they? They little, they were like nine, uh, about oh. 10 and 12. Okay. They're little. Okay. So how, I share mine all the time. So how did this go with you? What was the uh, story conversation? What was it like? Yeah. So first to me, it's, it's really important. We have a very um, open communication policy in our house. Right. And it was important for my, for, for me, for my kids to understand 
what what I was going to be doing. They were used to my previous employment. I got to go to sports games and were on commercials sometimes. And the alligator wrestlers would go out to their school for career day. I was like, oh, I'm not going to career day anymore. Um, so it was really <laughs> about sitting them down at, at a table, <laughs> sitting them down at a table and just telling them, listen, I'm, I'm thinking, look at 10, 12, they know what cannabis is, right? It's, they have the say no to drugs and, you know, marijuana is bad and all of that's spilled in for, for years, right? So I was just like, this is something that you know, I, I'm going to go into. I want you to feel comfortable if, if you will feel uncomfortable if I go to a play date and people ask me what I do. I'm going to be honest, right? So are you okay with that? Will you, will it make you uncomfortable? They were, you know, they were very, very like, just had questions like, oh, is it, is it something we can talk about in school or whatever? And I was like, you don't have to like volunteer it, but never hide it, right? Like that's what your mom does. And, and that was pretty much it. They had the questions at the beginning. And then probably a year after I started, my, my son switched to a new school and he was like, oh, guess what? My science teacher asked me, what? what my mom does and I'm like oh she sells marijuana and I'm like okay well, I mean I hope you said it a little nicer than that but sure you know like could you clarify that please um, <laughs> did you drive up in your hemp van with the marijuana yeah. leaves all over it <laughs> yeah, I was like were you just trying to get like cool points or what what's going on right but yeah it's now it's it's just it's just I just go to work right like the, yeah. it's no longer a topic of conversation it does become a topic at school right where or any event that you go to and people ask you what you do and sometimes I look around and I'm like oh you know because at the end of the day you still have to send your kids to, to these play dates and, and things and you want to make sure that they're still welcomed right but honestly like if anything it just again it opens up floodgates I've, I've never received a negative reaction to be honest with you like most they're like oh okay and they just kind of leave it at that but most of I would say at least like 90 percent Right. Just start asking questions. Oh, you know, how'd you get into the industry? What is it like? How, what, is it, you know, what are the requirements to become a patient, et cetera, et cetera. And it just, it just becomes a thing. And then all of a sudden you're, you're the personal consultant for, for their, their journey in becoming a patient in the state. So it's true. They need us. It's like, there's a thirst for us. It's, and and yeah. you know, like this a person who understands what this is and doesn't scare them with tattoos and whatever <laughs> things they don't understand. So let's just go back. So you share it with your kids. They're all good now. They're fine. Their mom's a can of mom. How about your own family? Well, you know, what was your own cultural experience with it? And what were their reactions to it? My mother still thought I was in a drug cartel to the day she passed. She did not understand. So how did this work for you? So from, you know, Hispanic background, right? And this is a no-no. <laughs> Are you Cuban? Or what was yeah, your... I am. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, I'm Cuban. And uh, my my husband had actually been trying to get his mother to become a patient for a while because she has severe arthritis. And I, my mom has rheumatoid arthritis and I was like, just try Right. And they were like, no, no, no. And now they're like, Hey, I forgot my medicine. I need to place an order. <laughs> right. And they swear by it. And it was just like, again, just, I feel like for them, it was more of knowing that somebody that they know, you know, that makes them feel comfortable even though we we told them a million times like just give it a shot go talk to your doctor etc cetera, etc cetera. nothing was was good enough but once I became part of the industry then they, they kind of all got interested in it and and honestly it's helped them a great deal and my my mother-in-law is 84 years old and she swears by her tinger and that's and and, and her topicals right and and it just works Oh, give me the chills. That's what we want to hear. Again, I'm like, so I'm bringing my new ventures every week. I try to bring a friend who would not naturally go to a dispensary to one of the many 
dispensaries in Massachusetts. They're popping up. They're like more. Somebody said the other day there are more dispensaries in Dunkin' Donuts, which is in Massachusetts. <laughs> You'd be like, what? But that's not really true. But they, they are everywhere. So I'm trying to bring a friend in. And again, access, education, authentic voices. You're in marketing. These are all the things that you're doing with the business you're building too in Mississippi and how we're connecting with people to make sure this is about health and wellness. I know it's a business. I know there's men in it. I do talk about women all the time. I always say, oh my God, there are men in cannabis. Who knew? But we are talking about how to heal ourselves, heal our planets. We're the caregivers for the most part. And this plant is a caregiver. And I just like the idea that we're trying to build something from our perspective. And I think you're trying to do that too. And you're doing the work. You're like literally, you're like a walking Amy Dennison of uh, the cannabis. <laughs> yeah. So she, she created us, uh, she connected us. And they have a, created this amazing campaign about normalizing cannabis, which I've been following and posting about just regular people gardening and couples, mm -hmm. older couples. Like I talk about being an active adult, like me and my husband who are out there talking about this as part of their life. Yeah. Her campaign is honestly phenomenal. Um, so excited for all the work she's doing. And, and yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's, it's, it's people like her, like yourself, right? Like all of us that are just in this and, and making a, a mark every day. Right. And it, and it'll, it'll take a bit, but, but we're inching up. So it's exciting. It's, yeah. It's a unified purpose. I think this future, again, kind of coming back, it's like, it's like a, a tour study coming back to the beginning, talking about purpose, this idea that we've all sort of found this purpose in this plant for many different reasons. I talk to women every day about this, you know, I've, it's really universal. I talk to people around the country. So in this together for the future, just like we are as parenting and caregiving, this is our future poll purpose. So here we are doing it. All right, Yesenia, one more. What's coming up next for you? How can people find you if they want to connect with Southern Crop? Anything you want to share in this moment, tell me right now. <laughs> okay, so find me on, on LinkedIn and with Southern Crop, our, our, our website, obviously, southern-crop.com. And then for it's going to be soar boldly because it's about a, a, a journey and being bold in your cannabis journey. And we're really excited to launch that retail brand where it's, it's, it's a nice, beautiful, welcoming space, but it's really about encouraging people to, to feel empowered by the plant. And so coming soon to Mississippi. Coming. I think you're my first Mississippi guest. So thank you for joining me today. And oh my God, soaring, soaring boldly. Is that the so, soar boldly? soar boldly i can feel it i can feel it in my bones all right thank you yesenia for joining us today keep on your journeys across she's driving across mississippi while she's talking to us people she's like multitasking amazing all right so that is thank you so much for having me i appreciate it that's another show people so that for me and my canna bro david yaz and of course our canna mom show team i want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the cannabis show where we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on the emerging cannabis industry by sharing and preserving their stories of love kindness wisdom and hope thank you for following and sharing the amazing stories and inspiring stories of the women building this new industry so together we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregivers i'm your host joyce gerber this is the cannabis show and we are a production of pod 617 the boston podcast network Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 
Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has canna conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects Network.